Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to the Yellow Square podcast in what is going to be a slightly different episode to normal. Unfortunately, there is no Ned this week, and thanks to Sky moving the kickoff to a Sunday lunchtime, that really threw a spanner in the works for uh, for our, both of our calendars and diaries. So we weren't able to find a time to sit down together to discuss uh, yesterday's 2-1 win. Uh, so it's just me this week, and as you might be able to tell, uh, there's a slight hoarseness in my voice because I was at Loftus Road uh, yesterday uh, to, to watch uh, us go on and win uh, in what's a really important game for us uh, I thought I said to Ned pre-kickoff and I said to, to Nick who who came and watched uh, with me uh, yesterday um, that it feel, felt like such a big game in the context of our season uh, really if we do have any ambitions to, to threaten the playoff positions um, this is the kind of game that we have to go and win and win we did and I didn't really appreciate um, you know just how how tricky Loftus Road is to to go to for, as for Watford fans. Uh, we hadn't won in three attempts there, and actually, uh, as as was discussed, um, QPR have had the most success in football in their football league history against Watford uh, with 51 wins. So uh, going to Loftus Road, a challenging place for us, and um, yeah, we came out the other side and we did it. Uh, first league double. Uh, over QPR in 18 years and that was the 0506 season and we all know what happened at the end of that one so maybe as a good omen don't know uh, but yeah like I said um, I traveled down to, to Loftus Road and uh, you know oh it's a good place to go uh, it feels like um, as, a, as a fan nice enclosed ground um, uh, it does feel like a bit of a throwback, but you know what? I really like that. Backed by uh, a good uh, travelling support. I think it was somewhere between 1800 uh, to 2000, I think. Um, but I may have got that one wildly wrong. But either way, it was a packed out away end and good voice. And uh, yeah, I think uh, there was a little bit of optimism in the air. Um, looking at, at the team sheet before the, before the game, um some interesting selections I thought obviously Hamer back in goal that was less of a surprise uh, good to see Andrews coming back in uh, right back um, but then you had Sierra and Hoot uh, and Morris out on the left as well um, Morris was uh, absolutely expected it sounds to me like Lewis may be back for Bristol City uh, or potentially Sheffield Wednesday now I'm not too sure about that one but yeah Sierra coming in to partner Hoot uh, with uh, Porteous on the bench uh, and the, the familiar presence of, of Jake Livermore. And I'm sure I'll mention him uh, over the next uh, 10 minutes or so uh, at the base of a midfield of Delabashu and Chakvatadze uh, with Aspria and Martins out on the wing and up front getting his first league start um, was uh, Reese Healy. And I think um, on the balance of it, I was... I'd, I, <sighs> I was pleased with some of the decisions that have been made. Good to see um, Ryan Andrews coming in at right back. And, and I'm pleased that Dela Bashiru had been given his uh, chance back in the midfield. I think Kone had suffered with illness um, at the start of the week. So um, wasn't really uh, in the frame to start this week. And, and delighted that Chakvatadze uh, was also given um, a start. I feel like possibly though that was, uh, you know, forced just through availability of other players but I'm pleased that they've got the opportunity and it felt like uh, I felt like the right um, players in the right positions as well 
and if you're going to experiment to some degree going to QPR potentially who uh, have been struggling all season maybe the place to do that I don't know but um, yeah it felt like we had the best available players in the right positions uh, to go out and, and go and do uh, a job on QPR and and I suppose the first half it was slow um, I think yeah frustration started to grow throughout the throughout the first half um, from from some of the Watford fans uh, we were just a bit slow and laborious in in the build-up play we were trying to play out from the back um, and I think QPR worked us out to some degree and just really closed us down, really pressed us and, and we just couldn't quite break that press uh, as often as we have been doing in previous games or as often as we wanted to do. And it was very obvious um, from where we were sat, sorry, where we were stood, um, that there was a lot of space out on that right-hand side and we just weren't playing that ball out towards Aspria. And um, the one time we did do that, uh, we we managed to work the space for Andrews to to burst through, and he kind of hit a cross come shot across uh, across the QPR box, and it was and it was dealt with relatively easily. There wasn't many um, chances um, for either side really in in the first half, but uh, I would say that QPR edged it in terms of chances created, and and they played pretty well. Um, I had a few people talking about Sinclair Armstrong for QPR up front, big, powerful, um, pacey striker. Um, not scored many goals um, this season, but he was a real threat, um, and he was putting his putting his weight around, and he was causing trouble. And uh, that was kind of QPR's main main effort. And um, he got free down our down our left hand side between Hoot and Morris. Hit a great shot across the across the goal, and Hamer sort of had to parry it into a very dangerous area, and, and I think quite a few of us saw Ilyas chair running through, um, and was you know really felt like oh no this is the moment uh, to go one 0 down. But Ryan Andrews, what a brilliant covering tackle that was! If you haven't seen it on the highlights, I'm sure I'm sure it's up there now. Um, absolutely superb. Um, just to, to claw in and get his foot in there and, and, and nick the ball away. Um, and we ended up um, trying to set up on the counter. But yeah, overall feeling in that first half was we didn't quite um, we didn't quite get going uh, the way we wanted to do um, to do so. And going in nil nil at half time um, and hoping that uh, that we could find some of that more attacking directness uh, in, in that second half I do have to, I do feel like it's worth saying that um, the pitch I think was a little bit sticky um, and a little bit bobbly in places a few misplaced passes and touches on both sides uh, becomes apparent in the second half um, but I think that that's a factor um, it was a factor as well but um but yeah, a relatively slow first half, I should say. Um, but then into the second half, and, and we hadn't even really got going, and we gifted um, QPR a chance. Sir Alta sort of dallying on the ball. Whether he slipped, I'm not sure. From my from my viewpoint, it felt like Sinclair Armstrong just kind of got in ahead of him, muscled him off the ball, and, and he was in. Um, forcing a brilliant save from Ben Hamer. Um I think a, a more confident, more informed, maybe better quality striker um, scores that. 
and uh, and then we're right on the back foot, and that's a, and that would have been the worst way to start the second half, obviously. But we we rode it out. Great save from Ben Hamer. Dealt with that one relatively well. Um, but I think yeah, it was symptomatic of, of how we'd played. A little bit slow and laborious. And I was a bit concerned, really, that that was going to be the marker for the second half. But we did grow into the game. Um, and we started to come forward. We started to, to break the QPR line. And then, hey, here we go. Um, around on the 60th minute, good ball. And Martins did really well um, to... to work the space uh, uh, right in front of us uh, on that right hand side and laid it back to, to Jake Livermore and, and well I think everybody now has seen the goal um, a moment of real quality I think from where we were um, frustratingly sort of on the lower tier um, on on the right hand side of the ground you couldn't quite see see it it just looked like it was an, a, a sort of a placed shot and you weren't too sure where it was going and, and you just saw at the last minute um, Begovic really start to scramble and, and sort of threw himself and, and obviously uh, he got nowhere near it and it nestled in the back of the net and, and wow, brilliant moment, uh, great finish and then, and you watch it back, the quality on it was, was absolutely superb um, and a lot of people have spoken about this sort of celebration and lack of, um, really interesting, and very, very interesting, we were sort of speaking and so Nick and I in in the ground after the goal went in, and there's a lot of people sort of commenting on the lack of celebration. In fact, he just sort of turned around and and got on with it. I do wonder whether or not words might have been said at half time, and and Livermore leading by example sort of was like, I shouldn't be basically, I shouldn't be the one digging you boys out of this one. Um, I'm the professional. That's the minimum, you know, score the goal. Now we go back and get a second one. I don't think he was particularly interested in celebrating that. Let's, let's get straight back into it, um, which which we did. Uh, it felt like, um, you know, there was a passage of play right after the first goal. And uh, after we score, QPR go up the other end of the pitch and, and win a throw in. And then there was a, Gilted's chance and, and we thought it was a clear chance in, in the ground and when you watch it back um, was it Klukas? Um No, Colback, sorry um, who shouldn't have been on the pitch my personal opinion, uh, I felt he had more than, an, more than enough yellow cards with challenges both sort of cynical and yeah, pretty aggressive um, in the first half uh, which warranted yellow cards, personal opinion um, got free um, and just steered a shot wide of um, of Hamer's right hand post, and he should absolutely have done so much better. And I think that's you know we we've spoken about it, Ned and I on the pod, and we were speaking about it again earlier. That's where we just let ourselves down at the moment. Is that there's just those lapses in concentration. We get ahead in a game, or we shoot ourselves in the foot. And we just really need to cut that out because that felt so straightforward. Long throwing into the box. We didn't compete for the header. It's flicked on, fell to um, Colback, as I said, and he steered it wide. And again, good player, um, scores that. And if you start to add up some of the other chances, like I said, at Sinclair Armstrong, where we're giving QPR opportunities, better team potentially is, is putting us out of sight at this point. But we rode our luck. And... Um, after that chance, then we break on the counter. Lovely bit of play. Um, final ball to Chakvatadze um, from 
Delebasher who slightly bobbles and makes bit makes life slightly harder for ourselves have to recycle it and it comes to Livermore and everybody's been speaking about it but the cry of shoot from the away end um is was one of the best um I've ever I've ever witnessed that when you watch it back on 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 the on YouTube or, or wherever you see your highlights it was sensational and he just drills it and it's such a good shot and uh yeah that was um that was up there in terms of the away end scenes uh for me um I think probably the 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 goal for me in terms of away end um, celebrations that that one came closest to was um, I was at Everton away um, in the Premier League season. And when Josh King, I'm pretty sure it was Josh King, scored the third goal and when we went three to up, that was that was something impressive. Uh, and, and Livermore drilling in a second one from outside of the box uh, was uh, was absolutely wonderful. Brilliant moment. Two nil up. And uh, this time he did celebrate a little bit, didn't he? He ran towards the Watford fans, and, and it was it was wonderful. Um, and yeah, there we have it, two 0 And uh, it felt brilliant. Like we we'd kind of rode out a bit of the storm, rode out a bit of the QPR pressure, and found ourselves two 0 up. And we just needed to see this one home. And then then we made the changes, and um, I'm not sure about this one. I think we got away with it. In the end, I know that Livermore was taken off. He was on a yellow. Lots of football coming up, and and really, because of how integral he is to the to the system, we couldn't afford a suspension in that position, and um, and we need him fresh for for other games coming forward. So I can kind of understand that. But uh, with 20 minutes plus on the clock to to have four centre backs on, go to a flat back, um, five, it felt like it was inviting pressure a little bit especially when you consider that we removed Aspria and Martins, who were the real outlets for us in, in that in the game so far. It felt, if personal opinion, it feels like it was a little bit too early to do that, especially when you're considering that we brought on Rajevic as well. Uh, Rajevic with Healy, um, it didn't feel like we had the pace that we wanted. If, if that's the system that you want to play, um, it, it, it was a bit of a concern. And, and, and lo and behold, we did what Watford do brilliantly. Uh, I've been doing so well this season, which is we ended up conceding. Uh, we didn't stop the cross coming down on our left-hand side. It gets a bit of a deflection, loops over everybody. And there's Lyndon Dykes at the back post to tuck it in on the 77th minute and um, then it's like oh, panic stations really um, I felt we were a bit nervy um, after that we did concede a couple of chances um, not least in the final minute an absolutely wonderful save um, from Ben Hamer uh, to, to keep it at 2-1 and uh, then we eventually ended up moving up towards our end of the pitch and uh, full-time whistle blew um Watford to QPR one and it was brilliant. Um I think uh on on the balance of, of play, I said this after the game, this was one that we probably got away with. Um we made we made hard work of it in the end. Um I didn't think we played particularly well um in the first half. Um and then we, we did our best to, to in some ways to, to throw it away. But there's been plenty of times this season uh, where we've played really well and not won. 
and then I suppose this is a little bit of, of the championship balancing itself out a little bit. We're going to have to be better next week, um, as we know, against Bristol City. Um, much stronger side, as we know uh, from painful experience uh, on Boxing Day. But, um, yeah, we got the win in the end. Um, I think a few other bits to, to draw out of it. I know Livermore um, was given man of the match and it was great scenes at, at full time to, to hear everybody chanting his name and he was sort of he was sort of presented uh, to the Watford fans uh, by the squad. Big celebrations and, and he kind of reluctantly sort of put his arm up and said thank you. Um, I just, you know, uh, so pleased um, with how he has um, handled himself and you can see how much of a leader he is and he's so important to this side you can see that and um, he is absolutely Valerian's um, sort of lieutenant out on the pitch uh, he embodies the the way Valerian wants to play and you can see how much um, he influences the younger players around him um, I don't think it's any surprise that Kembe and Kone have have uh, flourished in a midfield three with him um, but he clearly will be rubbing off on on all the other young players around there so to to have a game where Livermore was the centre of attention and two brilliant goals um, was absolutely brilliant and, and really well deserved I think the other sort of interesting um, sorry the, the other player that I if if Livermore hadn't scored the goals. Man of the match was Chuck Vatadze. For me, I think it was his best performance in a Watford shirt. Um, not not least bringing the ball forward and looking sort of dangerous and um, getting into good positions and, and sort of finding passes around the area. Um, but his energy and work rate in the final sort of 10, 15 minutes, uh, really harassing and pressing QPR, winning the ball back, winning fouls, bringing the ball up the pitch. I think... This was the performance that we wanted to see from Chak Vatadze, um, or we've been wanting to see. And I know that sort of pre-Christmas there was talk about him moving, um, moving away from Watford to, to play football. Ismail said his chance will come, and it has. And you, you've got to say he's taking it. And he's taking that chance. Um, I'll be fascinated to know what um, um, Valerian decides to do. Uh, when we've got Kembe and Kone fit, I know Kembe is injured now, so that may force his hand slightly. But um, you could make the case really that you swap Chuck Vatadze for Martins, and, and Kone comes in, and I think that would be a relatively, relatively good swap. So I thought Chuck Vatadze did really, really well. Um, notable mentions um, as well for for Reece Healy, who playing in a he's not a lone striker. I think that's clear. Um, but he held the ball up pretty well. Um, he was trying his, he was trying his best. Um, it's not his game. He wants the ball to be going in inside. I don't think we played to his strengths in the first half, uh, but there were plenty of, uh, plenty of occasions in the second half where he was, he was working hard, pressing well and, um, uh, bringing the ball up the pitch, uh, either through holding it up, uh, or, um, some good little flick-ons uh, around for, for counter-attacks to start. So I thought Reece Healy did well um, and managed to make it, to, I think, 84 minutes this time um, uh, without cramp. So uh, clearly getting up to match fitness. I suppose um just want to sort of close on, on the match day by talking about Ryevich. Um, it, it's a very difficult conversation to have because 
he is progressing. <clears throat> He's absolutely developing, and there was some there was some really good hold up play, and I think the whole Watford um, uh, sort of support recognised how hard he tried uh, and how hard he worked in that phase of play to keep, bring the ball up the pitch, hold on to it, keep it keep it in play, keep it ticking over, and then w- w- winning a throw in. Um, they I, 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 personally, I thought they they really got behind Ravic, which was really nice to see because um, he I, he really is trying um to develop as a player i think what really limits him is i just think he is athletically not up to the championship and um, he's not quick enough he's not physical enough and he had sort of only really been on 10 15 minutes um and he was you could see that how he was just blowing um and he couldn't sort of get back up to the pace of play for a while which you know he's still relatively young he was only part-time up until a year ago uh, so he's sort of just getting into professional football um to a degree so i think um the best thing that he did was sort of expose that really to to us as Watford fans um giving us a bit of an added context but uh, it is limiting um and uh, i know we've been big proponents of of vacuum bio on this pod uh, in the past for, for what he brings to the team um i i do think my personal opinion although ravich scores the goal goals or has scored the goals bio fits the system slightly better um with goals being spread around the team a lot more this season uh, his uh, sort of link up play and athleticism uh, i think out outstrips healy and ravich at the moment so I wouldn't be surprised if if Bio just comes straight back into the team, um, but it, it's absolutely something I think that needs looking at in in the uh, summer transfer window. But yeah, so that was it. Full time two one away uh, win um, moves us a point outside the playoffs. Uh, whether or not we're going to stick around there, um, who who knows? There's a lot of football left to, left to be played. But uh, I think there's some really encouraging signs. We did grind out the win in the end. I think that's, you know, unbeaten now in five away from home. And that's four wins in those five games, which is which was brilliant. Um, and I think by my maths, that's now only three defeats in the last 17 league games. 18, if you want to include the cup. So Valerian is doing a good job. Um, I think um, he's got the team playing an entertaining brand of football. Um, and he's brought, most importantly, he's brought a squad of players together, um, which are wanting to fight for each other, which are, you know, pulling their weight. Um, and I suppose if you were to say, if you were to sort of characterize this team now, my personal take is that um, it's a team that is, is, is greater than the sum of its parts now, which was, you know, 180 degrees out from what it was the season before. Um, there are limitations in the side, uh, but they are working so, so hard for each other. And I think that's all something that we can get behind. And, and the support yesterday from the Watford fans, uh, I think, really echoed that and really showed um, how much we are sort of getting on board and getting behind Valent and this side. So really nice to see. Um, I suppose sort of um, in terms of closing points really um, about the football and about the squad links nicely into into the transfer window. Um, Val has said that there aren't really any plans um, 
to do too much in this window and if anybody is to come in it will mean that players are going to leave um which has happened now at the time of recording lose has been confirmed he's gone to l'oreal um bottom of liga league um so hopefully he'll go and play some football maybe get a bit of confidence back and, and sort of work his way back into uh, being the player that we all know uh, he can be but he's left now so i wouldn't be surprised and i think it's patently obvious um, that once we lost livermore yesterday afternoon um we really lack that sort of defensive midfielder real proper ball winning midfielder who can just sit so I wouldn't be surprised now if the club goes and pursues uh, a, a midfielder, um, someone who can sort of come in and, and cover Livermore's position, especially with KMB injured as well. Um, presumably, if it's an injury serious enough to miss an international tournament, um, it's going to be at least a month, six weeks out. I would, I am speculating there, but but that feels about right for for a calf injury if it's if it's that bad. Um, so yeah, I would suspect that midfield is is going to be targeted. And uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's if there's too much else. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I will uh, park that there um, for today. Uh, I know it was a little bit of a monologue, uh, but uh, you've got to you've got to celebrate the wins when they come, and it's it's it feels nice to be following and supporting Watford, which it makes a massive difference from from where we first started this pod. Uh, but like I say, we are going to be back uh, next week uh, properly with all the usual features, hopefully talking about another uh, superb away performance. And I will leave you all uh, with the sounds of the travelling Watford fans from Loftus Road yesterday. See you next week, everybody. And come on, you Hornets. Hey, hey.